we're going to spend two or three sessions on John. This is the Gospel of John, chapter 11, verses 1 through 6. And most everybody would say that um, the Gospels in general, at least in certain parts, are narrative as opposed to expositional. That is, they're not like an epistle, say, the Epistle of Romans, but that they're telling a story here rather than expositing a doctrine or an idea. And so the question arises, do the same principles of reading, of interpretation, apply when, when working on a narrative as when working on an epistle or an expositional text? So that's what we're going to tackle here and then illustrate it with what we see here from John. Father, I pray that you would keep us faithful to your word and your way of communicating through your word and help us to be wise and discerning in thinking about these these things. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to read this and then uh, shift over to some very general comments about meaning. Now, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother, that's going to be important, Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So, when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Do you use the same principles reading a narrative, like this, say, as reading epistles? So observation number one in answer to that question. You can't know. You have a narrative. until you read it. So, in a sense, the question is uh, sending us in a preconceived direction that has to be qualified. You can't know that you have a narrative until you read it. Therefore, second observation, therefore, Um, reading is not first or primarily um, defined by 
the, you know, the word genre, kind, type, the genre of your text, gospel, epistle, whatever. Reading cannot be first defined by the kind of text you have, say, poetry or story or uh, epistle or proverb and so on. It can't, reading can't be first and primarily defined by the genre of your text because you have to read it first before you know it is poetry. Read it first because you, before you know it is story or epistle or proverb. Third, therefore, reading or interpreting is seeing, observing, seeing. So important is seeing what words or maybe punctuation indicators that are in the text uh, an, an author has chosen, clues that he's given you, what they are, and it is seeing how the author chose and arranged his words. So he, he selected certain words and he arranged them a certain way and he may have used certain punctuations or given other clues by the way he spelled them or whatever. And not only what those words are and what those indicators are and how he chose them, which ones he chose and how he arranged them and why. Seeing, it is seeing why he chose them and and arranged them the way he did, the way he did. So that's, that's what has to come before you even know whether you've got a story or poetry or epistle. And this, this is primarily and first what reading is. Now, if you've got to this point and you say, okay, now I see by what he chose and how he chose and how he arranged, I see why he did. Namely, he is uh, creating a, a story or a poem or an epistle um, or proverb or whatever. I see that. Now, somebody probably would say, okay, now that we've seen the indicators that he's doing poetry or story or epistle, now a set of principles 
for reading story kick in, and a set of principles for reading poetry kick in, and a set of principles for epistle, and so on. We've got our our sets of principles that uh, are unique to each one of these, and so he's tipped us off, and now we know how to read them. But the problem with that is, what if this author wanted to be so creative that he began to and intended to mingle story and poetry and epistle and proverb. He's going to do something brand new. He's not going to just fit into the tried and true category. He's going to do something fresh and do a story poem epistle proverb. Then what would you do? Because you don't have a list, a list of rules for reading mixed genres, right? No, you have to discover whether he's doing something brand new and creative by seeing, by seeing and reading. You have to attend to the author's intention in how he's putting words and the arrangement of his words so that you can discern not just, oh, now I've got a nice, I've got a nice category and I can use my tried and true list of principles. No, he doesn't know those principles or he may not share those principles. So I, I don't think you can ever get to the point where a interpretation issue is settled by a preconceived list of expectations for a given genre. So let me, let me state that. No interpretation issue or question is settled decisively important word, decisively, by identifying a genre, a type of literature. No, never is it decisively determined, but rather it is decisively determined by, but, by the author's choices and indicators. That's decisive. And he may start out in one genre, and you may be applying your principles, and he may give you, a, by his choice of words and arrangement, an indicator. No, 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 no. I don't want you to do that with this text. Stop doing that with this text. And therefore, for me, it is absolutely crucial that we not presume upon preconceived notions of how any particular kind of literature should be interpreted, but let the author tip us off whether those expectations should be applied. Now, we'll come back and try to do some of that with this text next time.